Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. My name is Dominic. I'm a leader here at The Heart. I'm so glad you guys are here today with us this morning. Uh, I want to say hey real quick to uh, those of you guys watching on live stream or listening later. Uh, you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. It's something we like to say around the heart. And so I'm grateful that you guys are joining us uh, today. We are uh, wrapping up our uh, series that we've been in for the last couple of weeks called Natural. And what we've tried to do over the last several weeks is explore the idea of what we can learn, what we can experience in our faith, what we can learn about God, what we can learn about our, our own human experience through nature. So some of the challenges have been to, to get out in nature a little bit, to, uh, to explore, to go outside, to go for a walk, to look at a, look at a tree, look at a flower, look at a plant. I kind of shared with, uh, with you guys my, my own family's journey with, uh, with nature, and there's a lot of plants coming into my house. Uh, Amber, my wife, is learning about new plants every day uh, and bringing those plants into the house, and so now every room in the house is, you know, has a particular plant according to how much light that plant needs and how much water it's going to need, and so, uh, so we have this journey of, of nature even going on inside my house. And as we, as we wrap up today, what I want to talk about, we've, got, we've gone over a few topics. Last week, Crystal uh, had a message about how nature teaches us about patience. Nature can teach us patience. And if you weren't able to be here, haven't heard that message, I highly recommend going to the podcast this week or YouTube and, uh, and giving that message a listen. Today, what I want to do is I want to talk about the vastness of nature how big nature is, how big the world is, how big earth is, how big land is, how big the ocean is. I think in, 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 in the way that we live our life, we sometimes feel like there's a small little world around us because we see the same people every day. We all, depending on what your commute is, we all drive within maybe 15, 20 miles of where we live every day. Every now and then we're feeling saucy and we go up to Austin, you know, then you're driving out of your normal range. But we usually live our life in this small little bubble. So sometimes we can forget how big the world is. You you guys ever remember being a kid Remember, you have memories of being a kid and you're at your grandparents' house or uh, at a cousin's house or whatever, and you, you've gone back and visited that, visited that place, visited that home, visited your grandparents. Now that you got a little bit older, a little bit bigger, and you're like, wow, I used to think this house was bigger. I used to think this room was a lot bigger than it was, and now I just see that my, you know, my grandparents, I think back, uh, I, I go back to the house that my, my, my gramps lived in, and I'm like, man, this house is tiny. I don't know how he did it. But when I was a kid, I thought, this is all the room in the world. This is a mansion. Three bedrooms, one bath. This guy knows how to live. And so I, it, it's, there's something about that perspective of when you look back. 
It changes how big something is. I know I've shared this story before, so sorry to bore you with all my outdoor adventures, but here it goes. So years ago, I went to climb Pikes Peak. If you don't know what that is, it's a uh, 14,000-foot peak in Colorado, okay? And I didn't start at zero and then get to 14, okay? You start around like 8,000 feet above sea level. And so I climbed this thing and climb. That's That's a very generous word for what I did. I slowly meandered up this and it's, there's a trail, you know what I mean? So I'm not like adventure guy and building fires and stuff. There's a trail I'm following and, you know, people along the way. Do you need any help? Or... And I remember, I, remember, I remember thinking, I want to get this done in under eight hours. That was my big goal. Because people, it, it's so crazy. People run marathons there, okay? Because it's, I want to say it's 13.1 uh, miles on the trail from the bottom to the top. And people will go run up it and run down it four hours. So I was like, I want to just get up it in under eight hours. And I remember we all started off as a group. There was a group of us and kind of making our way, uh, uh, making our way along. And sooner or later, I would drop back. And I wasn't trying to drop back. I was just wasn't walking as fast as the guys. And about halfway in, I'm pretty much by myself. And battery life wasn't, uh, you know, back then, this was 10 years ago, wasn't really what it is now. So my headphones were dead. The phone was dead. So it's just me and nature. And I know, I know I've shared this part, but I, and I hate sharing the same story over again, but just pretend none of you have heard this, okay? So there's a part when you, there's such an elevation on planet Earth that trees can no longer grow. It's called the tree line, okay? It's a real thing. So if you get high enough, trees can no longer grow there. And what was cool is once you're past all the trail where the trees are and you get to that tree line, now it, it's almost as though you were looking down upon the Earth, And it's amazing how small the city of Pagosa Springs look. That's where where Pikes Peak is. It's amazing how small those homes looked. How small the car, I couldn't even see the cars. It was amazing how small everything looked because of the perspective that I was in. And I finally get to the top and... They have this donut place at the top, and everybody raves about the donuts, and they're not good. So if you do want to try the donuts, just take the little train that goes up there, eat the donuts, and then take the train back. Not worth it. Not worth it. Eight and a half hours. I almost did it. It was amazing how big the earth is when you get high enough away from it. But at the same time, this perspective that allowed me to see how much of earth was around me also allowed me to see how small some of the things were around me. And what I want to do, what I want to challenge you with or have you thinking about in in the few short minutes we have left together, I want you to be thinking about where in your life is your perspective limited? See, because I couldn't, I can't see, I couldn't see the tree line from where I was. You know, if you look up at Pikes Peak from, from where the, uh, on the ground there, you look up at Pikes Peak, you can, you can kind of see where the tree line stops, and sometimes there's snow and sometimes there's not, depending on what time of year it is, obviously. But I had a limited view of what was around me until I got past that tree line. And then my view of the city, my view of the, of the trees around this mountain wasn't so limited anymore. And I could see far away. 
So where in your life do you have a limited view? Do you have a limited view when it comes to your health? Do you have a limited view when it comes to finances? Do you have a limited view when it comes to politics? Yikes. Do you have a limited view when it comes to family? Do you have a limited view when it comes to your relationships? And how can you know if your view is limited? Because I'm walking around, I'm walking around San Marcos, and I don't think my view is limited. I know the town. I know where to go eat. You want to know where to get coffee? I'll tell you. You want to know where the best snacks are? I'll tell you. So I've been around San Marcos almost 20 years. I feel like I don't have a limited view of San Marcos. I know this place. And then I'm driving down Wonderworld, and I see this gigantic building that says Texas Daiquiris. I was like, that's new. And the friend that I was driving with her like, no, that's been there for months. No, I don't think so. I know San Marcos. I do not have a limited view. Where in your life do you have a limited view? Because a limited view can be dangerous. A limited view can hold us back from seeing how big God is. A limited view can keep us from exploring our faith in new ways. I want to read a, a, a story from, from the Bible, and if you don't read the Bible or aren't familiar with it, that's okay. We're going to look at a verse in the book of Matthew. Matthew is one of the four Gospels. So if you ever heard the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are four Gospels. And these are where we get the most accounts of Jesus doing his thing on earth, okay? Jesus, he's, he's healing people and He's got miracles going on, and he's teaching people, and he's guiding, he's leading people, his disciples, on how to carry things on when he goes because he knows that his time on earth is going to be short. And so we get a little glimpse of this. He's actually in the middle of telling some stories. Jesus always spoke in parables, or sorry, I should say he taught in parables. He didn't always speak in parables. But when he was teaching people, teaching his disciples, teaching people that would gather around him, he always used parables, stories to teach in. And so I want to read a little piece of, he was just coming off, telling a few stories, talking to his disciples, and I'm going to give you kind of the, the short version, the standard Dom version part of this story. His disciples run up to him, and they say, there's this, there's, this, there's this person who needs to get healed. Looks like, it, it seems he's having something that looks like seizures. It's this young boy, the dad comes in and says, my, my, my son has this, has this affliction, has this thing. Frequently he is pitched into the fire, other times into the river. I brought him to your disciples, but they could do nothing for him. I brought my son to your disciples, Jesus, who you have been teaching, and they couldn't do anything for him. And Jesus responds, it's almost a little bit sarcastic. What a generation. No sense of God. No focus on your lives. So he asks for the bring the boy there. He heals the boy. And then his disciples want to know, okay, if we're learning from you, Jesus, you could do it. Why couldn't we? Okay. You, we saw you do it. We knew you could. Why couldn't we do it? Watch what he says. This is verse 20. Because you're not yet taking God seriously. The simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, 
a poppy seed, say, you would tell this mountain to move and it would move. There is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. He's telling, this, he's telling his disciples, the ones who have left everything to follow him, who have left family behind, who have left jobs behind, he's telling them, you don't have enough faith to do what you need to do. But watch this. In the same breath where he's, trying, he's telling them that they don't have enough faith, that they're not taking God seriously, watch what he says. He says, if you only had this much faith, that is enough faith that could make this mountain move. There is nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. If you only had this much, you could say to this mountain, move, and it would move. Now, do you, I, I, I don't know, sometimes we have a tendency to read the Bible and take it word for word seriously. We think, okay, Jesus said that this mountain could move. That means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to muster up my little tiniest kernel, just baby, little baby, little, so cute little baby kernel. And I'm going to get that kernel of faith, and I'm going to go up to Pike's Peak, and I'm going to be all, is that what he means? I don't know, Maybe. Maybe that's what he means. But I know in my life, I have had mountains in front of me. Don't make me start singing Miley Cyrus, okay? There is always going to be, you know what I mean? Another mountain. There, you, there's going to be mountains in front of us. There's going to be mountains. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Cue it up. <laughs> no. If we only have a little bit of faith, then the mountains that are in front of us in life won't seem as big. The perspective that we will have of the mountains in our life changes as our faith grows, as our faith is activated. Okay, watch this. Write this down if you're taking notes. We can limit what God can do in us when we fail to see how big God is. We can limit what God can do. Because if you and I were just having a conversation, and I would and say I asked you, do you think God can do anything? Maybe most of us, not all of us, most of us, most of us would probably agree, yeah, yeah, God can do anything. So how is it possible that the God of creation, that the God of the universe, who can literally do anything, how could we possibly limit God? We limit God. And what he can do in us, what he can do through us, when we fail to see how big God is. Because if we have very small expectations for what God can do in our life, how can he do big things? If we don't have, if we don't have any faith, that God can help us find someone that, we, that can, we can marry or be with for the rest of our lives. If we, don't, if we don't have faith that God can help us find a partner in life, then how can God bring us somebody? If we don't have faith that God can heal our family members, if we don't have faith that God can do big things in us, then we won't ever be looking for it. I, I often tell this story. It's a little, uh, it's one of the few uh, quote-unquote preacher stories I tell. But there was, a, there, was, there was a flood in this town, and 
a man gets caught on his roof and the flood's rising and he's stuck on his roof and he's praying, God, please rescue me. Please rescue me. And so the water's running and there's an emergency, you know, boat comes by. One of his neighbors had a boat and it's like, hey, man, come on in. Get off the roof and jump in the boat. We can get to safety. The guy's like, thanks, but God is going to save me. Another one of his neighbors comes by in another boat and said, hey, there's plenty of room. We're going to get to safety. Jump in the boat. He's like, thank you so much, but God is going to save me. So he dies. He goes to heaven, past the pearly gates, gets in front of God. He's like, God, I prayed that you would save me. And God says, well, I sent you two boats. I don't know what else you wanted me to do. If we're not ready for God to do something in our life, it will go right by us. We'll miss it. That's how we limit what God can do. In the same way this uh, fictitious, uh, fake person let these two boats go by, we will let these things in our life go by because we're waiting for God to do something that only we understand. You see that? We're waiting for God to do something that only we can see with our two eyes because we are failing to see how big God is. We're failing to see that God is bigger than Pikes Peak. God is bigger than Big Bend. God is bigger than the Pacific Ocean. That's hard for us to wrap our mind around. We can sometimes think that God is big enough to heal cancer, but not big enough to heal our relationship. We can sometimes pray for an entire nation, an entire group of people, and we believe that God is big enough to do something in Syria, to do something in Afghanistan, to do something in, in, in Israel, whatever it is. We can believe and think that God is big enough for that, but then when it comes to our own mental health, we can limit it and say, ah, I don't know. I think this is just who I am. I don't know if I can grow any way past this. Now, I'm not saying that God won't do something just because you won't believe he will. What I'm saying is, is that if we don't believe he will or don't believe he can, then we won't see it when he does. We won't see it when he will. Not until we're up on top past the tree line and we can see all that God is doing. We can see what God is doing in the lives of others. We can step back and see the growth that maybe we have taken in our faith. Just like you go back to your grandparents' house and you think, man, I used to think this was a lot bigger. I used to think this room was bigger. Maybe there's been some mountains in your life that you've had to face. I remember growing up, barely, because I'm so old, but I remember growing up and thinking everything that happened, this is the worst thing that's happened to me. High school breakup, worst thing that's ever happened to me. And it was, it was, until it wasn't. And then I look back, I'm like, Thank God that breakup happened. I don't want to be with that person who they are now, you know, or whatever. No offense to any of my high school. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Just edit that part out. Can we kill the live stream real quick? 
Something is huge and insurmountable until it's not. Something in your way is going to be impossible to get over until it isn't. Where is your view limited? Where do you have a limited view? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Our faith doesn't need to be big to do big things. That's why I think Jesus is saying here, our faith doesn't need to be big. One oh one two, I think. Our faith doesn't need to be big to do big things. Sometimes, sometimes we wait for our faith to grow. Sometimes we think, if I could just have more faith, maybe God could do something here in my life. Maybe God could do something with this. I just need to keep working on me. I need to have bigger faith. And I, I'm telling you, in Matthew 17, 20, said, you don't need big faith. If you had just this much faith, mountains would move. So your faith doesn't need to be big to do big things. Our faith just needs to be ready. Our faith just needs to be activated because you can have the smallest amount of faith. And if you activate it, it opens up your perspective to see what God can do. So there's two questions. Where do you have a limited view and where do you need God to move in your life? Where do you need God to do something in your life, in your family, in your community, at your work? Where do you need God to do something? Because I'm telling you, if you, if you can answer, if you can be honest with yourself, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to tell anybody. If you can be honest with yourself and say where you need God to move in your life, that can activate the faith for you to be able to see it happening, to see it coming, to recognize it when it's there. Last thing I want you to write down is this. When we see a new perspective of what God can do, it activates our faith in new ways. So I said earlier, how can we know where we have a limited view, right? How can you know where you need a new perspective? And I have a challenge for you this week. It's going to be tough. You might not want to take it. And, and, and as it goes with any challenge here at the heart, you don't need to do anything. We are big believers at the heart. We are big believers in choice. The only way something can matter is if you choose to do it. The only way love is real is if you choose to love, not forced to love. So I have a challenge that I, that I want to give you. And I'm going to take it myself. It's tough. Here it is. The way you gain a new perspective, the way you can tell where your view is limited, I want you to find one person this week that you trust. And I want you to ask them, where do I have a limited view? You know me well enough. Where do you see in my life that I have a limited view of something? A limited view of someone? A limited view of a situation? Because you don't know what you don't know. And you can't see what you can't see. 
And so I think we need to take a few steps back or a few steps up, get a new perspective, see the world around us. Because when we see how big God is, it allows us to expect God to do big things. And if we can expect God to do big things, I'm telling you, I, I, I would love for you to expect God this week. Expect God to show up in your life. Expect God to show up in your marriage. Expect God to show up in your morning. Expect God to be there. I, 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 I would love to hear what happens in your life when you expect God. Where do you have a limited view? Where can you gain a new perspective? Where in your life this week can you expect God? If you could, I want to pray with you. If you could uh, bow your head and close your eyes, I want to pray with you this morning. God, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you are so big, that you're bigger than our doubts, you're bigger than our fears. God, I pray that all of us hearing this today, that you would show us where we need you to show up in our life, that we would be brave and bold enough to expect you to show up, to expect you to be there, to be ready for you to do big things in our faith and in our life. We love you, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, our mission and goal is to connect people to the heart of God. If you would like to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit us at www.theheart.church for more information. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we'd like to invite you to visit us this Sunday morning. We have two experiences for you to choose from at 9.30 and 11 a.m., all happening at the Spot Cinema House and Eatery. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how our relationships grow and how your faith grows.